Welcome to the Lighthouse Financial Advisors Money Over 50 podcast with Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Lighthouse Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome to Money Over 50. Today, Michael, your topic, which is taxes in retirement. Taxes in retirement. The uh, the mecca being the mecca no number being zero. Zero tax. Um, in fact, you can actually have a, a situation where we'll get to where you're positively, positively taxed in retirement. Yeah. Which seems too seems good very true. strange. Too good to be true. <laughs> but um, yeah. So what we're talking about here, obviously, is and a lot of our podcasts are geared towards obviously our a lot of people come to see us for the first time at fifty five or at fifty, and they're sort of about 10 years out from retirement. And there's obviously a lot you can do in terms of tax planning leading up to retirement while you're still working. So what we're talking about here is on the other end of that because a big part of your tax planning over your last 10 years of of your working life is not just around how to save income tax while you are working. It's to get yourself set up so that in retirement, as you said, the holy grail is that one of the big things that we look to achieve for all of our clients is to get to the point in retirement where you pay not another dollar of tax ever again. So, and you're going to go through a bit of a case study and talk a bit about how that's how that's possible and what the options are. So we're right now at the snapshot point of time at retirement yep. for a couple. Um, and looking back, if you had been set up correctly, you would find that most of your assets that you're going to draw uh, an income from in retirement... Yep would be inside your superannuation funds yep. at that point in time. And, and we're going to assume, just for the purposes of the calculation today, a, um, a $2 million total balance yep. across the, the and, couple. And, and it can be less than that. Yep. It can be more than that. Um, we'll talk about a few different things. Yep. What, what makes a difference on $2 million? Obviously, with our tax system, the more money that you have, the more you're generally taxed yeah. through the the, this, the this as is you call it, a progressive tax system. Progressive which doesn't taxes. mean that it's really really good or really forward thinking. It just means that as as your income gets higher, the rate of tax that you pay on that top marginal piece of your income gets higher. So, yes. Uh, so just to explain a bit about so the terminology that we use, as you're saying there, we're talking about a retirement savings balance of two million dollars, mm. and we always. Um, We sort of use super and retirement savings interchangeably a bit in this podcast. And the reason for that mostly is that, as as you'll sort of explain, for most people, superannuation and and those environments are the best place to have your retirement savings. And you're going to explain a bit about why. But when we're saying retirement savings, we just mean all of the money that you have that you are drawing an income from in retirement. Yes. And and so if you had been set up correctly, um, our belief, and you'll see why that's our belief, is that you'd be sitting here right now saying, I'm, I'm just retired or I'm about to retire, and we have the vast preponderance of our money inside of our superannuation funds. And in this case, we're going to use the example of $2 million for a couple. It could be $1 million for a single person. It could be any variation of that. Um, ideally, those people would have a million dollars each in each of their superannuation funds. And why is that, Michael? Uh, well, 
There's a thing called a a a pension transfer balance cap of one point six million dollars per person. So forget the boring <laughs> terminology <laughs> here. Based pension. Or Just think pension. of this as the maximum amount yeah. of money that you can have per person where you pay zero percent tax. Yep. So one point six million dollars each. Think of a pension as a tax free company. Tax yes, trust yes. You, and you when own your retirement savings in no tax to pay on any earnings or any income drawn from that. So in this example, a couple have $2 million, million dollars each in their superannuation funds. It could be a variation of that. Yeah. Um, three main choices at retirement. Yeah. Uh, the first one is to cash out. So they can cash all that money out of superannuation. Yeah. Um, what they would then do is they would then have to really uh, invest it in their own names, let's yeah. say. Yeah. So, and, and so when you say this about, uh, that touches on a point where at retirement, you have this choice both leading up to retirement. You, you have the choice of where do you build up your retirement savings, as in do you, do you put your spare cash flow into super every year or do you just invest this in your own name? And so this is where we've said, this is assuming that someone has already done the work of getting that money into super and they've cashed that. For some people, as you said, if they haven't structured this correctly, they don't have that choice because they might have $2 million that they've saved, but that might all be, they might have just built that up in, in, one of the, in an investment in one of their so, so either way, yeah. So either the money has gone into super first and they're cashing it out, in yep. this example, or they haven't got it into super at all yep. and they have the $2 million in their own yep. Um, yep. names yep. or names. Uh, name or names, so so effectively, then they get to choose to invest that. Um, uh, sorry, I'll back up. Um, if they're aged over sixty, they're able to cash that entire two million dollars out tax free. Yep. So there's no tax on cashing that out. However, um, of superannuation, so they've they've hit age sixty, they've met a preservation condition of release. Yeah. Um, they've decided. We're retiring. What we'll do, we'll cash that $2 million out and um, we'll go along and we'll invest it in our own names or we'll buy yeah, any number of things that are going to draw an, uh, derive an income for them. Now, um, if they if they get a 5% taxable income, and we won't go into what yeah. they're invested into no, but, um, today, but, but I mean a 5% taxable income, if they're invested across a broad group of Companies, then they would find that there's about a five percent taxable income every year if they're invested in commercial property. They'd probably find about yep. the same. Similar. Yep. Um, so, so what we're talking about with two million dollars here is that they would earn five percent taxable income, a hundred thousand dollars of yep. taxable income. Now, um, what happens is that that's taxed as income tax yep. in their own names. Then, yep. so that hundred thousand dollars is if they went to work and earned a hundred thousand dollars of income. Yeah. Um, if that's all in one person's name, yeah. they pay $25,000 in tax through the tax brackets, yeah. progressive tax brackets. And that's a good example of what can, what can happen here is, is, is as you say, if, if they cash this out, if they cash this out of super, then they, then they have the choice at that point in time of do they invest it in, in each name or in joint names or yes. whose name. But, what, what you see a lot, of, if there's no planning on the way through, it just builds up in one person's name. And so it does. This, is, this is sort of the worst. I mean, there's a lot of worse situations to be in than to have $2 million in retirement that, that's right. in one person's yeah. name. But in terms of your tax planning, that's the worst case situation because you've got all of the income flowing through to one person. Yeah. 
And as you said, as that income gets higher, they're paying a higher and higher percentage of, of income tax. And, and I guess they're volunteering $25,000 of unnecessary taxation here in well, this in, in this scenario because we'll yeah. show you where yeah. um, that could be at much right. lower than that. I, I think that's why taxes in retirement to me are a really interesting one because it's such a clear-cut example of... So in this case, in these case studies you're going to talk about here, you've got, you've got $100,000 worth of income. Every dollar that you give to the ATO is a dollar that you don't get to spend. So if you've that's got $100,000 right. worth of income and you've got a $25,000 tax bill, that's a, that's a huge overseas trip every year. That's it. It that, is. That's a lot of money. And look, we, we have an amazing system in Australia here. So we're one of the highest taxed um, developed economies in the world yeah. while you're working. Yeah. Um, now, in retirement, we're actually one of the most generously yeah. taxed. Yeah. So, yeah. so I guess the way to think about this is that um, if you, if there's any part of you that has any sort of um, moral inclination that why shouldn't I be paying the tax in retirement, mm. um, what you could think of is that I've you paid really overs. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you've, yeah. if you've if, accumulated if, if, $2 million, <laughs> um, you've probably paid overs a lot yeah. during your working life. Yeah. Uh, you've paid a higher rate of tax than most people around the world. and uh, So... so um, and, and if you can eliminate that voluntary tax in retirement, uh, you, yeah, you could probably you could probably look at it from that point of view. The, the way that I think of it, I guess, from a moral or ethical point of view, well, when it comes to minimising income tax, I don't I don't have an issue with it at all. But, no. But if you if you do think that, um, if you think of it from the perspective of the government isn't giving you tax advantages in retirement out of the goodness of its heart, really. no. What, what it's basically doing is. Uh, any government around the world, and the Australian government is no different, is wants you to be a self-funded retiree. What, they, what yeah. they don't want you to do is to to spend your money in retirement and then be on, on mm. Centrelink, which is something that the government has to foot the bill. So what they're effectively allowing you to do with these different structures is there's nothing there's nothing dodgy or illegal about it. They're basically incentivizing you to save for your yeah. own retirement. And so in the same way that we talk about this, while you're still working, the reason you can salary sacrifice to super and do those kinds of things is because our, our government, our tax system wants to incentivise you to, to save for your own retirement. So yes. when you get to this point in time, there's nothing about this that it's not like a you've set up some offshore company don't think this is all no. part of the Australian it's tax the, system of saying we want you to yeah, be set up in, it, in the it's a, it's a good It's a good time to raise that point because this is all perfectly legal. This, yeah. is, all, this is completely legal yeah. operating within the guidelines. So... So option one, you cash that out. You have to invest that in your own name or names then. Yeah. Um, uh, $2 million earns about $100,000 of taxable income. You pay about $25,000 in income tax on that. Option two, you could leave the money in superannuation yeah. at that point in time. And um, if you wanted to draw down from it, you could just draw down. Yeah. Again, you, there's nothing to say you have to draw down the whole lot. You can draw down... That hundred thousand dollars a year that you're earning in this example, um, in option two, you've just left that money in superannuation. You've invested it identically yeah. to the the first, uh, the first option. Yeah. It therefore earns you five percent taxable income. Yeah. Um, now inside superannuation, the flat rate of tax is fifteen percent, so you lose fifteen thousand dollars in tax yeah, off that hundred thousand dollars of earnings you left with eighty five thousand. So you could. You have the same earnings of 100000 you pay a 15% earnings tax rate, you could take that $85,000 out tax-free every year. So in that yep. same example, slightly better than the first option, 
but you're still losing $15,000 a year in, in tax. That's right. So the, the, I, I feel like most of our podcasts revolve around a rule of three of there's sort of three <laughs> different ways of three things and, and now we get the third example, which I'm sure is going to be the best one. So, so the third example, um, you can convert your existing superannuation funds into what's known as a super income stream or a superannuation income stream. Look, this is so confusing, and without digressing too much, this is also known as an allocated pension, an account-based pension, a pension. Yep. Um, what it, what it, I, I mean, I call it a superannuation income stream yep. because because well, I a, feel that it's indicator of what it's what it actually is. It's, yep. Your money stays in the superannuation environment, so yep. this is a this is a, a differently taxed, but still inside superannuation environment, yep. and and the taxation rate which I said was 15% before for superannuation, actually cuts down to 0% yeah. for a superannuation income stream. Now, going back to that $1.6 million transfer balance cap yeah. uh, that I, we, we started off this podcast with, what that is, is it says for each individual, they can have no more than $1.6 million. In, this in, in fact, it's, to, to, to really be accurate, um, they can... St- they can't. They can have more than that. They just can't start yeah. Yeah. a yeah. superannuation income stream, <laughs> which, which is a, with a, more another whole thing around so, planning of how to yeah. maximize the amount that you start with, and then let that grow. Yeah. But, I mean, in this <laughs> in this example, in this example, we, we don't want to digress too far. You've got a million dollars each yeah. in in each each member of the and, couple. And this is this is where you're saying that you you actually don't want that entire $2 million in just one person's name inside superannuation because they won't be able to get the full $2 million into that, an income. That's right. So, so yeah, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to in that case. They'd be, they'd be capped at $1.6 million. I mean, there's ways around that. We won't go into that. It's yeah. just going to digress too much. Yeah. So a $1 million each, um, what they do is that they both open a superannuation income stream uh, or an allocated pension or an account-based pension. They're all the same thing. Um, effectively, then, what happens is that their superannuation um, uh, has to pay them an income yep. each year. So, you have to take a percentage of that. And at 60, uh, let's assume they're age 60, that percentage is 4%. So, um, on the 1st of July every year, they look at the account balance. Uh, in a simple equation, uh, they've got a million dollars each. They would have to take 4%, $40,000 each as income. Uh, they can take more than that, yep. so the sky is the limit. Yep. And when I say the sky is the limit, you can take as much. Yep. It's like a bank account. You yep. can take as much as you want out of yep. a bank account. It's run out. It'll run out yep. if you take too much. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a minimum no. income. It's yep. a minimum income. It's not and, a maximum. And, and there's so, and that's I guess there's two parts of that. The the tax there is that there's no there's no tax on the earnings that that money has has made, and then there's also no tax well, on the income that you pull out. Well, of here's here's the yeah. So here's the is the uh, you have to take an income? That's one of the that's one of the requirements. Whereas if you leave it in superannuation, you don't have to take an income. Look, you want to take an income anyway. You yeah. just retired. Yeah. As a trade-off for taking that income, the government will allow the earnings or the taxable earnings. In this case, it's still the same five percent. You in the same, same assets yep. uh, in all of these three examples. So it's a hundred thousand dollars between the two of them. Um, of taxable income, zero percent tax on that. So, um, if we go back, it was fifteen percent tax on if you left the money in superannuation, and it was twenty five percent tax if you cashed it out and invested it in your own name. Zero percent tax on that money in the superannuation income stream, 
uh, and you can draw that money as a tax-free income as well. Yeah. So, so effectively think of no tax to pay whatsoever. And, yeah, and that's that's I guess the I guess the way that I think of this is that we throughout that last ten years of your working life, there's all sorts of tax advantages to why you might put money into superverse investing your own name. But separate to all that, even just just the the this case that is three different people, one who've got all that money invested in one person's name. That if you think about the different lifestyles, I always think when we talk about percentages of tax, I kind of think if you break it down for one person's living a lifestyle where they're getting to spend $75,000 a year, yep. the next person's getting to spend $85,000 a year, and the third person's getting to spend $100,000 a year. And they've all got the same amount invested. They're invested in the same assets. They're not taking any extra risk. They're not taking, they, they haven't done any extra work leading up to their that's that's, just that's the interesting lifestyle. part, isn't it? So they're taking the same amount of risk, yeah. and we haven't even gone into what they're investing into, yeah. but they're all taking the same amount of yeah. risk because they're invested in the same things. Yeah. It's just that they're invested in uh, vastly different yeah. tax yeah. structures. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple of misconceptions that people have, I guess, asked me uh, over the years with regards to a superannuation income stream one of those misconceptions is, is your money locked away? Mm. And, and it's not. So there's no, it's, this is different. There's a, there's a thing called an annuity that's quite a bit different to this. Yeah. So your superannuation income stream has an underlying balance just like your superannuation fund does. Yeah. Um, which is, which is um, good and bad. And, and this is kind of what we talk about. Mm. You, you then are in control of that, both from the perspective of you're in control of how much of that do you spend every year yes. without running the risk of running out of money. But as you say, you, you are in control. If you need to draw more money out, then, then you can at any point in time. Yes, that's right. Um, uh, so it has an underlying balance. That balance will fluctuate depending on what you... The balance does not disappear on your death. Yeah. Um, the balance yeah. it gets passed on to your um, loved ones yeah. uh, in the event of a death. Yeah. Um, it doesn't disappear at that point in time. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's no lock-in period. So you can unwind this at any point in time. You can cash that superannuation income stream yeah. out in part or in full tax-free. And it's, it's a really interesting one, that one, because I find that that's something that gives people comfort, even though you then, you're then left with the same thing of, okay, so if you've got $2 million in your account-based pension or in your super income stream, people, I think we, we know that we can get that money. So if I needed that $2 million, I can pull it out right. You know, I can pull yes. it out. But then you're left with the problem of, well, then I've got to invest that in something in my, in my own that, That's right. Look, it's a, it's a really nice one to have to, to just to know that you can cash it out yeah. at any point in time. So yeah. if you need that money, there's no lock-in period. Yeah. There's no lock I mean, yeah. what you, again, without digressing too much, what you invest into inside might yeah. have a lock-in period if yeah. you invested yeah. in illiquid property yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. But if you diversify it into liquid assets, yeah. um, you can cash it at any point in time. It's, you it's can take it out. You can You can do with it what you want. It's just, why would you do that yeah. when you've got 0% tax? Well, the other part, if, if you, because um, I guess in, in some situations, you might be invested in retirement in a way that, um, so for example, you've got your $2 million, but you, but at some stage in the early years of retirement, you're going to travel around and then when you come back, you're going to buy, you're going to buy a house mm. somewhere. So you might, you might have $500,000 of that that you've got in your mind that you go, that's what I'm yep. going to do with that is buy a house when I get back to Australia or back to Townsville or back to wherever. Mm. Um, in that case, you're, st- you're actually still much better off having that in an income stream. And the reason, the reason for that is that where we're talking about your taxable income, if you've got that invested in your own name, that is only the earnings on that. 
if you were to sell down a significant amount of that, you would also be hit with an extra capital gain. Capital gain tax. So, yeah. Whereas owning that through an income stream, if you get, you know, whatever you're invested into, if it goes up in value over the next three years, and then you go, okay, I'm going to take $500,000 out of there and sell and, and take that and buy a house. There's no tax to pay on the sale of that asset within there. There's no capital gains to pay. Yep. There's no tax to pay on the income you've drawn. Whereas the money invested in your own name, you could you could get your $100,000 every year and you're going to have to pay $25,000 income tax. But if you wanted to sell half a million dollars worth of those assets, you're likely going to get hit with another big bill, which is going to be your capital gains tax on that. That's right. That's right. It's a good point to make. So uh, again, 0% capital gains tax, which is another hidden benefit in there. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that's really good as well, so in, in this example, this couple with $2 million, $1 million each uh, in that superannuation income stream, $100,000 of earnings between them. Let's just assume for a second they both take $50,000 each yeah. as income. Uh, so they take $100,000 that the, the fund's made uh, and spend it as income. No tax on that as they take it. Yeah. Uh, sorry, no tax on it as it's earned yeah. inside the super income stream. No tax as they each take the $50,000. Yeah. Now, on their tax return, yeah. this is the other hidden gem. Yeah. That $50,000 that they've taken yeah. as tax-free income, not only is it tax-free, it doesn't show up yeah. anywhere. So um, where that's really useful, so there's there's people that um, military pensions spring to mind here. Yeah. So there's, there's there's some people that have you know, done yeah. their 20 years in the military yeah, a long time ago and... A $30,000 amount that's coming in from the DFRDB. Yep. Um, so uh, at the, while they're working, yep. that $30,000 gets tacked on to on the their, they their earnings and they pay a really high rate of tax. Yep. Once they've turned 60, yep. um, uh, if they've set up this way, if they've retired, that's their only income yep. at that point in time. So there's only $30,000 of income. Yeah. The thirty thousand dollars isn't tacked onto the fifty yeah. that they've drawn from it's, their super income stream. Source. It's the only source. Yeah, and and this exactly the same thing applies if you're working part time in retirement. Mm. Where, yeah, if you if you're doing thirty thousand dollars worth of work, if you've already got fifty thousand dollars worth of taxable income from your retirement savings, mm. that thirty thousand dollars that you that you earn from work, you're you're paying thirty four and a half cents in the dollar mm. on that. So that's right. You go to work, you earn thirty thousand, you only get to spend twenty thousand of that. Yep. Versus if you've structured this way, the $30,000, you'd probably pay, I'd say, uh, only about a thousand, couple of thousand dollars in tax. Well, you well, you, 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 well, you get, um, again, the uh, risk of digressing. You actually turn 60, you then get a 10% tax offset, offset on yeah. that $30,000. Yeah. So um, it's a tax credit of three thousand dollars towards oh, yeah, yeah. the 30, towards the income tax yeah. that you owe on that $30,000. So yeah. effectively it wipes it out. Yeah. Um, that is. There, there is there's a, there's a heap of different um, the way I always think about it with this sort of planning where you go even, even if you assume that you weren't going to earn any any other income in retirement you were just going to live on your retirement savings if it doesn't cost you anything to give yourself that option why yeah. not do it like yeah if you've went I probably won't work part time but if I do go to work part time yeah. I don't want to be going to work part time and only getting to keep two thirds of the income. I want to be. I want to go to work and, and keep all of it. That's so right. That's right. My attitude would be: leave yourself as many options as possible by yeah. having that through the, through the income stream. Absolutely. So, now uh, the um, death taxes. Is that what you're going to? Talk well, about? no, I was going to talk about franking credits <laughs> before <laughs> then. So this 
It's, we've always struggled you, to I actually... Just, I just read on your notes, you've just got death taxes for scum. Pretty, <laughs> pretty poor. Well, we need to talk about that yeah. because uh, actually we, we, yeah, yeah, we, we do, kind of, we do because first, that is taxes in retirement. Yeah. Um, so franking credits. So, so let's assume in this couple's example that of that $2 million that they have together, yeah. $2 million dollars each, that combined together, they, they invest... About let's say they invest a million dollars of that, half of that money across the the top companies in Australia. Yep. And this is only available for Australian companies. Uh, effectively, what would happen is that on that million dollars of of money that they've spread across, let's let's assume our top blue chip companies in Australia. Yep. Um, if we're working on a four percent dividend rate. Uh, they would receive about forty thousand dollars of dividends inside the from those companies. Um, now those companies uh, have had to earn fifty seven thousand dollars of income profit, to yeah. profit to yeah. pay forty thousand dollars of dividend. The reason is, yeah. if you look at the company level, yeah. so this is the 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 fragment of is that they own in each one of those companies. Yeah. Um, those companies have actually earned fifty-seven thousand dollars of profit attributable to that cu- to that couple. Yeah, directly attributable to that couple. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those companies pay a collective amount of seventeen thousand dollars in a bit of change in yeah. tax to the ATO. Yeah, um, that money sits over there at the ATO uh, when that couple does their oh, sorry when the when the super, super income stream does its tax return. Yeah, it says. Thank you very much, ATO. I'll be having that seventeen thousand yep. dollars, and that seventeen thousand dollars comes into their fund yep. uh, as as this is not a tax offset. This is yep. physical dollars hit the and, account. And this this is this was the big the big uh, thing in the last election was about refundable uh, franking credits, and this is what what the uh, Labor government was proposing, which was. It was ne- politically, it was, it was never going to play well. He's saying to someone, hey, you've worked hard all your life. You've got to yeah. retirement. You've structured things in a way where you have, uh, yeah. you've invested in, in, in our economy, in, in blue chip Australian yeah. companies. They've paid this tax. You're a, you're a poor old retired battler. You get your, you get your dividends and you were getting, you were getting the extra franking credits attached to that. What they were saying is, no, no, you wouldn't get them if it was a refund. You would only get that as an offset. As an offset. So, so it's a hard one to conceptualise, but but just think of this from the point of view: your tax rate is zero percent. Yeah, and the company has paid tax. So, at so the company, the percentage of those companies that you own, yeah. which although it's small and it's very hard to view yeah. and conceptualise, you own a percentage of those companies. Yeah. Those companies have paid you have paid seventeen thousand dollars in tax on your behalf. Yeah. Uh, because you're, you know, you're you're an owner of those companies. Yeah. Um, so so because your tax rate is zero percent, you actually get that money back yeah. as a as well, a. Well, it's no different to I guess if you think about it when you when you're working, if you you get yeah. taxes withheld on your behalf by your employer, goes mm. to the ATO at the end of the year, you do a calculation to say how much should you have paid for the year based on your taxable income. If we've withheld more tax than what than what we were entitled to, they'll actually refund you the amount that you didn't need to pay. That's right. That's the same sort of thing here. But it's um, it, was, it, was, it was a pretty tough one for Labor to get across the line here because it, it was it's, it's, number one, very complicated, and number two, the people that were most going to be impacted were the people retiring with, with a million dollars. I always, I always said it was, 
theft. <laughs> um, what, what, what I said was, yeah. now you can't do it that way. No. If you're going to do it that way, you've got to say that there's an earnings tax yeah. on a super income stream yeah. of 5%, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the ho- any income that you earn is... Is, treated the same is, way. Is, is taxed at 5%, you then get to use your franking yeah. credits to offset that and give you the, the yeah. difference in the rebate, but yeah. we won't go, no, we won't go through we, that. We have done a podcast um, about franking credits, haven't we? Well, I think, I think we might have. I think yeah. it's called franking credits. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into great detail about this again, if you want to... It might be called it. franking credit, not just a great racehorse name. Um, <laughs> Could easily be. <laughs> uh, so, so wrapping up, I guess, in this scenario... Yeah. Um, look, there's very. Uh, I should I should say that in the first and second example, so either the cash out mm-hmm. and invest that money, you would still be entitled to those franking credits. Yeah. In that case, instead of paying twenty five thousand dollars of income yeah. tax, yeah. you would pay. You'd get a seventeen thousand dollars franking credit. You would pay eight thousand yeah. dollars in tax. Yeah. In the second example, yeah. where you have the you keep the money in superannuation yeah. accumulation phase, fifteen percent tax. Um, you would owe fifteen thousand dollars in tax. You get a franking credit of seventeen thousand dollars. Yep. Um, you would therefore it would wipe out your tax bill. You would get a two thousand dollar yep. refund. Yep. Whereas in the third example, you pay zero percent tax. Yep. No tax, it. and you get seventeen thousand dollars yeah. as yep. a rebate. Yep. And and that money has not appeared out of thin air. You have paid that tax. Yep. Via your company, via the the, the the tiny little slither of companies that these people own. Yeah. Uh, across, yeah. I, I say that yeah. it's a slither. It is when they, yeah. if, assuming they've spread that, yeah, one million dollars across, yeah, yeah, the top one hundred, the top yeah. two hundred companies in Australia, they own a slither of each one of those companies. Yeah. So, uh, so, but that slither yeah. Um, yeah. has been enough to yeah. to have seventeen thousand dollars tax deducted at the company level from those company profits. Yeah. Um, uh, now, before we so before we wrap up, um, death taxes. We, so so here's here's the downside. Here's the downside to this. Yeah. So so um, at at so again, you've got a member of well, you've got a couple in this case. Mm-hmm. So you can you can opt to leave your superannuation income stream to each other as what's known reversionary beneficiary. Yeah. And, and what that means. So so. Uh, your spouse is considered a tax-dependent beneficiary. So there's a special type of class of yep. tax-dependent beneficiary. Um, there are other classes. We won't go into those no. now because by the time yep. natural death occurs, yep. basically, generally speaking, your only other type of tax-dependent de- beneficiary is, yeah. is each other. Yep. So um, on the death of the first person, there's no problem. So let's assume that they've taken all of the return every year. They've still got that $1 million. They're, yeah. they're both yeah. 85 now. Yeah. Um, let's kill the husband first. He's, <laughs> he deserves it. So he's, <laughs> get rid of him. The husband dies. Yeah. Um, he leaves his $1 million as reversionary beneficiary yeah. to so, his and, wife. Yeah. And, and, this, and that's tax-free to her. So that's tax-free to her. Now, here's the important thing. Yeah. Um, she isn't compelled to cash that money out. Yeah. She does have to fit that money under uh, her $1.6 million transfer balance cap. And there's a heap of different ways, a heap of different to, ways to, to skin do that. Again, going back to the, the poor cats, but there's a heap yeah. of different ways to skin that cat. And that is a bit of a technical one as to how you, yeah. which which one of those pension accounts you'd then retain, which one you'd cash down, those sorts of yeah. things. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, effectively. And look, for the vast majority of people, the rules will probably have changed by then anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so um, we're yeah. assuming we're assuming normal, healthy yeah. retirements. Yeah. Um, someone retiring now, yeah, it's eighty-five probably yeah. on average before yeah. the the death of the yeah. first person. Yeah. Um, that person dies, they leave their money reversionary beneficiary to their spouse. Now, what's important there is um, that uh, subject to those. Uh, transfer balance caps, the spouse can actually leave that money in pension phase yep. and just draw an income from it. Yeah. And, and so and they end up in, in the same position, no no extra extra tax to pay, no tax to pay on that money going across to the spouse. That's that's right. So, um, the issue comes on the death of the second person yep. and assuming that they don't have any um, tax-dependent beneficiaries. Yep. Now, by that stage, their children... Yep. Of course, naturally, yep. uh, in their fifties yep. or even sixties. Yep. Um, so, generally speaking, they're leaving money to to to, to non-tax dependent beneficiaries. So, the the without going into all the detail of that, the the yes. the tax that you pay on that is fifteen percent plus Medicare levy. Yeah. I can I forget what the Medicare levy is right now. Yeah. So it slipped my mind is it two percent. Yeah. So, so it's seventeen percent tax. So yeah. on that on that million dollars of the of the husband's and the wife's in yeah. that case, if they were to pass that money on to um, uh, their children, their adult yeah. children who are yeah. standing on their own yeah. two feet for, so for decades <laughs> by that stage. Yeah. Uh, the, the, there'd be a seventeen percent Tax levied yeah. maximum seventeen yeah. percent tax yeah. levied. Yeah, we won't go into details as no. to that's only um, relevant in some cases, not others. But that that's kind of the worst case situation. And so, what you what you want to also do as part of this planning is that is you want to minimise the minimise the amount that is, that is going to get taken out as a, as an inheritance tax. And so we've, we've already done a, a podcast on this in great detail, which is number thirty nine. Uh, called how to avoid a seven, how to avoid a seventeen percent inheritance tax. So there are different strategies leading up to retirement and in the early years of your retirement for how to effectively change the money that you've got in your in your pension account so that it becomes tax free going yes. to your to your non dependent beneficiaries. Um, it, that's one of those ones people get a headache just thinking about how to do this. So if you're interested in that listen to episode 39 and that goes into a fair bit more detail but it is as you say that's that's the the thing to bear in mind for people is that the another another one when you think about taxes in retirement there's there's the earnings tax on your retirement savings there's the tax on any income drawn out of there and then also potentially uh, tax on your on your death yes. so you really want to try and minimize all of those three on the way through that's right um is that about it? It's probably about it. I'm disappointed because I love talking about this stuff. <laughs> no, well, I lo- like I love talking about tax strategy. Even it's, it's, any one of these things, we could go into great detail about franking credits or death taxes or earnings, all the rest of it. But I think this is a good overview and uh, probably a good little wrap up of why this is so important. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Lighthouse Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.